Welcome to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I am Ashrod Blakely with my co-host with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. What's going on, Kwani? How you doing there? I'm doing well. It's Women's History Month. It's a great week. It's, what does it say, Tuesday, whatever. I'm doing well. <laughs> doing well. All things considered, I'm doing all right as well. Uh, rocking my one of my favorite t-shirts, all I want is world peace. Nice. And before I jump into that, or before I jump into our, our podcast, I want to just, you know, just let's talk about this all-star game uh, and just, just what were some of your thoughts on, on just what you saw? Well, before I go into my thoughts, I definitely fell asleep towards the end of it, but the beginning, the first half was really good. Okay, now, I, now real talk, Kwani. Now, real talk. Are you saying you fell asleep or were you watching the Oprah interview with Megan and Harry? Dang. Okay, so. See, what happened was. So well? Why do you know? So I, I did switch over at one point. <laughs> and then I fell asleep. See. He knows me. I, dang. Yep, I, I, had, I, had both, I had both that and the game going. See, I can't. I'm not fancy like you with two TV screens. I don't know. What See, you I, I couldn't. I couldn't decide which one. I, I had great interest in both of them, and I, I just no way I could pick one over the other. So I did both. Um, I, I tell you what, though, from the All Star game, I really liked the way Jalen Brown played. I mean, he yeah. had like twenty. He had like twenty six points in twenty one minutes or something like that. No, twenty two <laughs> points. Twenty two points in twenty six <laughs> minutes. And Tatum had twenty one for Team Durant, which caught that big fat L. But that's okay. Um, if you're a Celtics fan and you were watching that game, you're look you think you're looking at them play, you're thinking like, this is kind of what they do. Yeah, like yeah. it gives you 20 points. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose. It's kind of what they do. Not a surprise at all. Uh, what were your highlights from the Oprah interview? <laughs> you know what, man, man. We're gonna to try to keep our intro short because we got an amazing yeah, guest coming a, down. A guest. I got a lot of thoughts on that though. Okay. Uh, but, I, but I will say this right now: Oprah Winfrey. For anyone who doubted that she's the interviewing goat, Period. check out the way she just navigated that entire conversation. It wasn't so much the questions, but it was the way that she framed them, the way that she was able to elicit really good responses from you know both parties. She is the interviewing goat yes to me it's it's not even like it's not even debatable yeah i had to give snaps for that one because i agree with you watch and again you know i love basketball but this was a situation where when you get the opportunity to study someone like her and the way that they interview people you can i know i could have watched it on demand i actually watched it again the next day it was just so phenomenal the way she's able to seamlessly transition through subjects and and topics and ask those really good follow-ups in a way that it's not judgmental, but definitely essential in the moment. So clearly, yeah. you know what I watched that day, and it was a really she, good thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she, her, her follow-ups were, were really, really good. And it was just like they were – she framed them in a way that it didn't seem as if she was being aggressive and right. demanding and attacking mm -hmm. them, which is sometimes what happens when, when you ask follow-up questions that people aren't comfortable answering yeah. the first initial question. Mm -hmm. uh, she was yeah, I mean she was she was awesome. And and you know, our, our guest is pretty damn awesome too. Yeah. Jane Edwards the third, uh, from the athletic. Uh, and certainly we'll get a little bit of clarity on just you know, he covers the pistons for, for them, and we'll get a little bit of clarity on you know just the pistons, their interest in 
you know, dealing with the Celtics, uh, specifically when you talk about Blake Griffin and Jeremy Grant. And also we'll get a little clarity on his damn name. Uh, James Edwards is like part of basketball royalty in Detroit. And the thing that I, I, I'm certainly want to get some clarity on is, was that your daddy that used to play for the Pistons? Uh, so we'll, we'll hear from James and he'll, he'll touch on those and many other subjects. Uh, and we'll just get it started right now. And now we welcome in our special guest today, James Edwards, the third Pistons beat writer for The Athletic. Welcome to the show. Kwani, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Sherrod. I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. Oh, my God. It's an honor to be on. No, you guys now came let, well recommended. Now, now, let's get one thing out of the way right off the jump, because okay. folks who know that, okay, he works, he covers the Pistons. Mm -hmm. He's in Detroit. His right. name is James Edwards. <laughs> is your daddy the one that people think of when they think of James Edwards and the Pistons? According to my real mom and real dad, they promised me that is not my dad. I've asked okay. just to make sure my mom didn't get into any shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, we have those summers. <laughs> yeah, my dad says to his knowledge, I'm his kid. Okay. Uh, but yes, no, that is not my dad. I get asked that a lot, obvious, for obvious reasons, as you just pointed out, Sherrod. But no, I've actually, he's around still. Um, I haven't seen him, obviously, since the pandemic. But my first two years on the beat, uh, Big Buddha, I guess he's just Buddha. They call me Baby Buddha as the nickname, but B Buddha. He is around. He's a very nice guy. So I, I, I could see the connection. That's why I don't get too upset when when people ask me every other day if that's my dad. Because I'm not going to lie. When, when I when I found out that you got the job, I'm thinking like, wait a minute. Let me call some of my folks in Detroit. Yo, is that Buddha's son? <laughs> and they're just like, nah, nah, nah. That's not Buddha kid. I'm like, oh, okay. Because, you know, I mean. Yeah, no, it makes at, sense. Looking at my clock, looking at the timeline, I mean, yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility. So, and I okay. don't even know if his kid's are juniors and thirds so right I, so they might not even get as much love as i do so they probably don't <laughs> like me <laughs> oh goodness goodness Girl, i'm so glad you cleared that up but i am too. Talk a little bit of basketball now here we go we're gonna talk about blake griffin so obviously you've covered the pistons and we've all been following blake griffin this past season now we just found out that he's headed to the nets what impact do you think he's gonna have in brooklyn Based on the season uh, we've seen so far from him, too. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious to find out. Um, for all that Blake has done throughout his career, and even people forget because the Pistons have been irrelevant for so long, but his first full season in Detroit, 2018-19, this guy was all NBA. Mm -hmm. um, he was probably the best version of Blake Griffin we'd seen, shooting the three ball at like 37%. Per, 37%. Um, he was just an all-around player, and injuries have caught up to him, injuries from the past, new injuries. He's not moving the same. Uh, he hadn't had a dunk this year. Um, so I think for him, what he does provide to the Nets is is a guy who can still play make, who can still get others involved. And for a team like Brooklyn, they need as many of those guys as they can get. Obviously, they have three guys in KD, Kyrie, um, and James Harden who, who can score at will. But Blake's a guy you can throw it to in the post, facilitate offense out of the post. He's actually shot the ball well on wide open threes this year. And you'd imagine with – who his teammates are now, he'll get a few more of those looks. Um, he didn't have that trio in Detroit. So from what you've seen, you question how big of a role he'll have in Brooklyn. Uh, but again, the Nets are much further along than the Pistons. So playing with better players is is never a bad thing. Yeah. And the thing about, you know, Blake is, is that it, it's 
I think people get caught up in the Blake that they're used to seeing and the yep. Blake that is playing right now. And, and them two cats are not one and the same. Yep. Uh, he's not nearly as impactful as a player as he used to be. And that's okay because as we've seen throughout the course of time, guys will eventually not be as good. I mean, LeBron James has proven us all wrong with that theory, but the rest of us, us mortals, we tend to get you know worse as we progress throughout time. The thing I like about Blake in Brooklyn, though, is that the role that he's going to have to play is perfect for where he's at in his career. You don't have any heavy lifting. You knock down some open shots, grab a few rebounds, get your butt on a block every now and then just to, to – really open things up for everyone else. And probably at the end of the day, you rock in the championship ring. And for, for Blake, you know, I think it's a great situation. Although I, I'm really hoping that he, um, that it's worth it for him. Because yeah. as, as you reported on Jay, he left a ton of money on the table. I mean, yeah. we're talking what, thir I think it was like 13 million, some change that he, yep. he left on the table. Yep. You don't leave that kind of money on the table to just go play somewhere else. You leave that kind of money on the table because you are investing in a championship run. And I just hope for his sake that Brooklyn is able to really be all that he wants it to be because otherwise, you know, that's going to be looking like investing in game stock two, three weeks after the fact. Right. That no. investment will not turn out well for him. No, and I agree. Um, I'm not really a big fan of quote-unquote ring chasing and everybody's going – there's different ways to go about it. But I do kind of like the way Blake – I think Blake is deserving. Um, this is a guy, when I tweet or put in stories that he's a future Hall of Famer, I get some blowback. But find me another guy that's six-time All-NBA or six-time All-Star, five-time All-NBA, or I might have those two mixed up, National College Player of the Year, average, what, 22-8 and eight for his career. Those guys are in the Hall of Fame. And if Blake gets a ring, he's for sure in the Hall of Fame. So this is a guy that has nothing left to prove individually. Um, he has, he's been great individually at, at, in both L.A. and Detroit. Now it's about winning, and he's going to a team that he's familiar with. He has great relationships with KD and Kyrie. He worked out with them this offseason. Bruce Brown played with in Detroit. Uh, he's a student of the game. I don't know if he has a relationship with Steve Nash, but I'm sure he was a fan of Steve Nash. And there, there's people in the front office he's familiar with. So – I'm happy that Blake's in a position now where he doesn't have to write out what looks like to be the last few years of his career in Detroit mm -hmm. um, because that team is rebuilding and, and they're just going in a different direction. Now he's able to go, go after a ring, get the thing that's kind of eluded him throughout his career and, and really kind of cement that hall of fame legacy. Cause I do believe even if he doesn't get a ring, I still think Blake's a hall of famer. That's that, that, that's a conversation that we're going to have to have for another day. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, for sure. Cause I understand where you're coming from, but I look at C. Webb, I look at cats like that who, you know. Oh, there are again, more deserving people, yes. But right. all of the, I think all of them should be in the Hall of Fame, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Blake's name was connected at one point to Boston. Through your reporting, do you think the Celtics was ever an actual destination for him? Um, I think they were I, – I don't know this for sure. I don't know Boston specifically, but I would imagine – just given where they are and their chances of competing with a title, I'm sure they were considered. My my hunch was it was Brooklyn. If not Brooklyn, he would probably try to get back out west. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure Boston was somewhere in the shuffle in, in one of those slots. But from what I've heard and gathered, it was Brooklyn and then probably try to get back out west. And I think he could get back out west after this year if things in Brooklyn don't go well. 
Yeah. I mean, I, everything I heard was Brooklyn. Uh, and, and there were some other teams that, you know, their names came up, but you never got a sense that there was any other real player for Blake than Brooklyn. And, and, and the thing that, that people that I spoke with pointed out was that, remember, Blake is going to decide where Blake goes. Uh, there's no trade where he's going to go somewhere where he's going to grow begrudgingly. He's going to pick his destination and looking at where he's at in his career, looking at what he's accomplished and looking at the role that he's going to be asked to play. There really wasn't a, a, a more logical destination for him to go to than Brooklyn. The only thing that to me was standing in the way, if anything, was whether Brooklyn wanted him. And when you look at their roster, they could use a stretch big. They could use a guy that can get him some rebounds. They could use another elite player to just alleviate even more pressure off of their big three. Uh, and, and But the, the one concern I have about Blake there is what impact is that going to have on Bruce Brown? Because Bruce Brown has been balling. Yeah. One mean, of the nicest he's, he's Boston guy. One yeah. of the nicest guys I've ever had the honor of covering. I love Bruce. I love Bruce yeah. Brown. Yeah. He's just good people, man. He's just good people through and through. Yeah. For real. So I worry about what Blake's arrival is going to mean to him. Yeah, that's a good question because, like you said, Sherrod, while Blake is he's reaching the end of the tunnel, he does – the idea of Blake provides something that the Nets don't have, which mm -hmm. for a team that has everything, it feels like. Blake, at his best, if he were able to, to tap into even just 60% of that or 70% of that, does provide something that they don't have. Um, I still think Bruce has enough equity built up that they would find ways to get him in just because he's he's such a low-maintenance player and right. he's such it, it has such an impact on winning that you have to find ways to get guys like that on the floor. It's a guy that doesn't demand the ball, a guy that gets his points off standing in the corner and cutting, and a guy that loves to play defense. I, I, I agree with you. I think Blake might block some of Bruce's minutes, but I, if Steve is smart, which I'm, I'm pretty sure he is, he'll still find ways to get Bruce Brown on the floor. Yeah, I wish Bruce was here, but that's just me being selfish. <laughs> that's just me being selfish. Of course. Another Piston that was linked to Boston is Jeremy Grant. What, hey, what school did Jeremy Grant go to, Kwani? Do you know that? We're not about to do this right now. We're not doing this right now. <laughs> I'm asking a question. <laughs> that orange school with the, with the orange mascot, with the Minute Maid mascot? Mm -mm, don't encourage him. <laughs> but with that being said, what do you think it would take for the Boston Celtics to get him? Uh, I believe that Boston has offered multiple firsts for him. Uh, what multiple means, it could be two, it could be three. I I don't think, and Troy, I, I reported it last week, and Troy, we just got off the a Zoom with Troy Weaver, the Pistons GM, and he, he basically said there are guys that are going to be here for a while, but he said no one is untouchable. Mm. Uh, and that's obviously, as you guys know, like, there's a price for every single player in the league, even LeBron. There is a price. It's just whether you're willing to go there. Um, I don't think Jeremy Grant is on another team starting in April. Boston seems like a team that is very, very, very desperate to get him. I mean, even when the Pistons and Celtics last played, the, the Celtics' broadcast was throwing out what sounded like stuff that came like Ainge was sitting behind them. Tell, tell the people I, I offered three firsts for Jeremy. Cause it was just like that. It's so obvious. <laughs> so, yeah. It was so weird. Um, I don't think Jeremy goes anywhere. He stands, he, he stands for what the Pistons are trying to do from a culture perspective, from a, on the court perspective, they're a young team rebuilding and Hey, look at, you see your teammate over there, Jeremy Grant, who in year seven is 
playing at an all-star level. This is what happens when you grind and you play hard and you take the most of your opportunities. So again, like Troy said, never say never. I, I don't think there is a, a, a team is willing to go to where it takes to get Jeremy from Detroit, given his relationship with Troy and what Jeremy wanted. I wrote the story a few in January that he wanted to, aside from taking on a bigger role, he wanted to play for a, in a black city with a, a black GM that he knew well and a black coach and uh, love Boston. Love, love my people in Boston. That ain't Detroit. <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Far from it. <laughs> no, not 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 even close. And and the other thing too, and I, I think you reported on this as well, was that the, the money that he took from Detroit was the same as he would have got if he stayed. Exactly. And when you are making that type of decision and the success that he had in his previous destination already had a, a defined role with a really good team to decide that you want to you know uproot yourself and, and go elsewhere. I mean, it, it says a lot about your confidence in yourself, and it also says a lot about where your focus is, is at, what you're looking for in that next part of your, your narrative, whatever that's going to be. Uh, I love Jeremy Grant. I mean, I, I, I love his story. And it's not just because he went to Syracuse. That's As, as Kwani knows. Oh, Kwani, stop with the eye roll. You better stop with the eye roll. You will better stop with the eye roll, girl. I can't um, say anything because last time my school and your school met uh, – Izzo couldn't figure out how to beat a one-three-one zone after watching it and scouting it for twenty years. So I'm gonna just keep quiet. Dude, we look, we we we. There are no tricks of the trade. This is what we do: beat it if you can. If you can't, <laughs> shame on you. That made it hurt. Uh, but, but but Jeremy's a good player, man. He he's he does a lot of the things that you really ideally want. But I think that ultimately, Troy's asking price and i don't think troy has an asking price per se i think troy's just going to be like what else you got what else you got as opposed to i want this exactly. i just don't think the Celtics are going to be able to meet that and and i understand that uh because jeremy to, to be frank I, I love the role that he's in in detroit i mean i, I think he's going to be a guy that w if they're competing for a championship or deep playoff run or something like that jeremy's probably your second or third best player but you got to get those second and third best players on your roster at some point. And Detroit has done a really good job of just kind of putting him in position where he can be a success and where they can be winning. And Kwani, you know who else is winning, right? BetOnline AG. My people at BetOnline.ag. That's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports. Action, football might be over, but the NBA is popping. College basketball, as we've touched on, popping. And the NHL is in full swing as well. BetOnline also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Uh, I caught a glimpse of The Bachelorette or The Bachelor the other night. Um, and I, I say glimpse only because I literally walked past and kept moving. Um, that's just not my thing, but I can see, I certainly can understand how it can kind of draw you in. Right. Um, but BetOnline also has real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Uh, I know right now I got some money on that Syracuse game against NC State coming up. Uh, I got a couple of points for that. I know BC is playing Duke. I'm not touching that at all, Kwani. I suggest you not either. Uh, yeah. your, 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 your BC pigeons are probably going to get crushed pretty bad. So, but so we played them last year. Right. And we lost by one point. That's right. And I literally told Jason Tatum after like the next day we had a game and I was like, that, I think that was probably the first time I had ever said anything to him. That wasn't basketball, like Celtics mm. related. And I was like, BC should have won that. And he was just like, Kind of taken aback because I guess no one. Yeah, like, I, like I'm just like. Yeah, he was like, oh, okay. But we really should have won that game. So, like you said, I'm just going to not touch it because I'm 
clearly still still heard about that last one. <laughs> it was just a good try, good effort moment for BC. And I'm, I was happy for you guys. It was a good try. It was a good effort. <laughs> they had stars in the building for that one, too. It was a good game, but whatever. It was, just, it was a BC good try, good effort game. I'm, I was, was happy for you guys. It was a good game. <laughs> well, BetOnline has you covered for that game and many others. So follow the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Don't forget to head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget that promo code CLNS50 to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Kwani, what you got? Girl. So earlier today, we had the Allen Robinson, <laughs> Pro Bowl wide receiver for Detroit, say that his sources were telling him that Andre Drummond will be signing with the Nets, and they're looking for reinforcement on the defensive end of the glass. He gave his basketball analysis. Andre Drummond is a big that a lot of people are eyeing. Where do you think he lands? Do you think Boston's another possibility? I don't know how credible Allen Robinson's sources are but right yeah no he, he is from detroit so right. they might have a relationship That's um, what i figure so the you guys will agree with this the idea of andre drummond fits nicely with the celtics it does. if andre is willing to just be a rebounding rim protecting rim running center that's exactly what the celtics need but um, we know better unfortunately we have seven years of experience i suggest andre wants to be uh, wants to step out of what got him gets him paid and put the ball on the floor, face up guys, shoot threes, just do a little bit too much. And um, there's the, there's this running conversation in Pistons uh, among the Pistons media court. Could Andre do what you want him to do if he's on a team that has a defined pecking role or pecking order? Like, is there a guy that if he's in Brooklyn where there's KD, Kyrie, Harden, Blake, will he just rebound? Will he just set screens? Will he just protect the rim? I'm in the camp that Andre is sees himself in that light. First of all, Andre is a very nice human being and, and a great guy. I just think on the court he maybe gets caught up a little too much in, in the IG clips and um, the highlights. I'm in the camp of I think right now this is just kind of who Andre is, and he's a guy that's going to try to – Put the ball on the floor, make the highlight play. There are some people who think if the if the pecking order is clearly defined, he'll he'll stay within his box. So, unfortunately, we haven't seen it yet. Detroit wasn't able to put him in that position. Uh, Cleveland wasn't able to put him in that position. So, because I haven't seen it, I can't say that he would do that on a team like Boston with J Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Kemba Walker as clearly the three best players on the team. Um, so I, I guess, yeah, you'd have to have – if I were Ainge or anybody else, I'd want to have a real serious conversation with, station with Andre even before I signed him or even thought about signing him. He ain't coming to Boston to play for the Celtics. I'm going to just put it right there. I'm going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Close, I'm going to put the cookies on the bottom shelf right now and, and just say that because to, to your point, James, I don't think he has the capacity to humble himself to that point. And, and frankly, joining a team like the Celtics, I think you, the question that he'd have to ask himself, and certainly his camp will ask, him, ask themselves, does this make you 
the favorite to come out of the East. Does this put you in position to win a championship? And I don't think it does. I, I don't think his I don't think his fit is a natural one. Uh, if all he were willing to do was rebound, defend, get a few buckets here and there, it'd work out great. But that's not who he is. That's not where he's at. And I think when he goes to Brooklyn, to your point, he doesn't have a choice but to be that fifth dude. He doesn't. Have, I mean, he, he listen. You're not going to be Michael or Jermaine. You're going to be. You might be Tito. You might be that fifth. You might be that that end of the end of the camp, dude. The the one that is you. You in the party, but you're not a headliner. You you just in the building. And so I don't know if he is at a point where he's comfortable doing that, you know, because, I mean, coming to Boston, I mean, him and Kimba Walker just missed each other. Like when Kimba left for the NBA, he came to UConn. And, you know, he, one of the reasons he came to UConn was because he knew he was going to be that dude. And he was going to have to be that dude very for a very short period of time before he'd be on to the NBA. So I, I'm, not, I'm not feeling him in Boston other than, you know, seeing him, you know, a couple times a year in a different jersey. Uh, so, but again, I, I think the fact that it's even something that's being discussed, it says, to me, it says more about where Boston's at or where Boston's lacking than it does anything else. Uh, they, they've got a couple of serviceable bigs, but obviously Andre Drummond will be a game changer in that regard. And then you have to think about, you know, if he's bought out and then you can add him, you know, on the cheap, who are you getting rid of? Who, whose spot is, whose roster spot is, is he going to, to fill? And and how is that going to impact your rotation, which right now, from a big standpoint, is not great, but it's been pretty damn solid. Uh, so there's a lot, there's, to me, there's a lot of permutations that would have to kind of reveal themselves before something like that could happen. But again. Could, could I float you guys a, um, a Piston Celtics trade idea that John Hollinger and I tossed around? Just to see what you guys would, if you Bring guys it. would do it. Yeah. So one of Danny Ainge's many firsts, a late first, just to keep him from uh, from using that on on a, a fringe guy, um, mm-hmm. for DeLon Wright and Mason Plumley. No. no. Sure up the guard spot, both guys under contract. You can throw in Tristan Thompson, too, if you're Boston. No. They need Tristan I, I now. I, I – I think Plumlee, I, I've never been a huge fan of Plumlee's game. So that, that's why for me that deal is yeah. not going to work. Right. Uh, he's had a good year. He's though. never been someone that I, I've, I've really been enamored with as a player. And Wright's interesting. I, I think he's a guy that in the right situation, he could be a serviceable uh, player for you. But I think with Kimba Walker getting healthy, the emergence of Peyton Pritchard, uh, the ability of Jalen Brown to play both in the backcourt and the frontcourt and the return of Marcus Smart after the break. I'm not sure if, if DeLone Wright, if he was like maybe the centerpiece of that or the one guy that the Celtics would covet, whether that would work for them just because of all those those, those players I mentioned. Um, but I could see someone liking that deal. I'm not, I'm just not that dude. Uh, just because I'm not, I, I'm not a Plumlee fan, but I like I like the way you're thinking it, James uh, Edwards. The okay. third. This is every year, every February, I'm just on the trade machine because the team I cover is not very good. So there's not real basketball to report on. <laughs> yeah, see, I wasn't going to bring up the fact that the Pistons have the worst record in the Eastern Conference and the second worst record overall to the Minnesota Timberwolves. But since no since we went down that, backing that at all. no, please, no big deal. <laughs> you ready to play some fun. games? Yeah, yeah, let's get let's some games going, Connie. Let's do All it. Right, let's play some games. We're going to talk about our Celtics as we usually do. So here's the proposal. You have one roster spot 
and you can only pick Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, who are you taking and why? So I said Pistons and Celtics have already played three times this year. I think so, yeah. Those Pistons are pretty good games considering the stat that Shaw just threw out too. Yeah, Pistons are 2-1, <laughs> and one, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken for my Detroit listeners. Um, and I sat and I watched, and me and Vinny Goodwill had a talk. I looked over at him and said, would, I would you take Jalen Brown over Jason Tatum right now? And Tatum has since played a lot better since those meetings. Um, but, man, I love me some Jalen Brown, but I'm going to go Jason Tatum. Okay. It's, close. it's a lot closer than people are willing to admit, though. I think people are starting yeah. to have the conversation now. A year ago, nobody really wanted to have that conversation, but I definitely think it's a conversation where if you say Jalen Brown, nobody's looking at you crazy anymore. Yeah, I, I would probably take – uh, Jalen Brown only because I just when I, I just I love his versatility. Uh, I think he gives you a little bit more versatility than Tatum does. But Tatum is a, a is a better score, and not that's not a knock on Jalen. It's just that Tatum is a ridiculously nice score. Uh, and I I was pretty sure James was going to pick Tatum because in my research I realized that a certain James Edwards III made a fantasy league trade in which he got rid of a certain all-star by the name of Paul George because he wanted a spot for a certain young man by the name of Jason Tatum. There we I go. Did. The light skin connection. I, hey, you know what? I, I was just like, look, man, team light skin, y'all do what y'all do, man. Y'all do what y'all do. I was worried about Paul George getting through a whole season. That was my worry. The the Clippers are worried about Paul George getting through a whole season. So if Lawrence Frank is worried, James's fantasy team is definitely worried. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because when I, when I saw that, I was just like, he better pick Jason Tatum. He right. better. <laughs> it was That's his conversation close, that you had with Vinny, though. I'm curious if that was before he came on our pod, because the first time I rolled my eyes was when he said that it's time for the Celtics to decide which one is going to be their, their go-to guy. I think it, I think it might have been before he got. He was episode. Do you remember what episode Vinny was? Was that? It was early, right? Yeah, he was like like one of the early, was like four or five, something like that. Yeah, I think it was right around that time. And he was he he like me was like man, it's tough. And I think he might have said Jalen Brown. I think in that moment I said Jalen Brown, but since Tatum has turned it back up. So I'm back on the Tatum train for sure. But it, it's it's a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. A, a fun debate, I think, that keeps all of us on our toes, especially yeah. this season. We just talked about Andre Drummond, and we're going to do this game called Fill in the Lane. So you get two choices. Andre Drummond would be a blank fit. We kind of just talked about this in Boston because of what? Andre Drummond yeah. would be a... Oof, that's tough. A, sh a short fit in Boston mm. because he wouldn't change his style of play. Yeah, yeah. I, that's a, that's a good one. That's that's yeah. a real good, good. I would say Andre Drummond would be a pointless fit in Boston because he's not going to play the way they need him to play. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I mean, he, he's he's that dude that you know when you when you pick up game. And you got four cats who are scores, and all you need is one dude to do is rebound and defend. He wants to shoot threes. <laughs> now listen, yeah. I, I was watching. I was I was watching the the bleach, the bleach report open run, where they had Jack Jack Harlow was was teamed up with Quavo. You know what Jack did? He rebounded. 
He defended. He wasn't <laughs> trying to shoot two threes. He knew his role, and they got the dub. He That's wasn't trying to be cool. About. Right. Because yeah. he's no a shooter. Exactly. Yeah. And he was just like, just exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's all about getting that dub. And for them, it was about getting that money back. Because, like, literally, they got literal money back with, like, literal hundreds stacks right. in right. the back. So I can't, I, I wish Andre Drummond would kind of just embrace the fact that in this league that we're in now, your rebounding, your defense, and your presence is what's going to keep you in the league and keep you paid. Nobody wants, no one wants to see you shoot threes or 20 footers. I mean, hell, we, we don't even want to see you shoot free throws because we know how that's going to play out. And he, he's facing up a little bit more, too, for a lot of face up and try to take you off the dribble. I think Andre, again, he's young still. People forget he's only 27 because he's been in the right. league for so long. Um, right. But that's a guy that I think the light will turn on, whether it's through a situation like this where it doesn't seem like many people want him or his next contract comes up, which is going to be this summer, where mm -hmm. I think he'll have the, a light turns on moment and realize I need to figure out who I want to be and if I want to play this game for a long time and, and make money. Absolutely. James, for those who don't know you, maybe they're listening and they may not follow the athletic as they should be. How did you, one, how did you get to the athletic, but give us like a little sense of what your journey to the athletic was. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm originally from Flint, Michigan, Flint town, shout out to my Flintstones. Um, and I went to Michigan state, uh, worked at the Lansing State Journal as a stringer. Um, I decided to do that over the state news, which is the MSU student newspaper, because one, I'm like, I was one of those college kids that my parents would help out a little bit with like the rent and stuff, but I had to have my half and I had my car up there. So I needed a job that paid a little bit more than the $2 an hour that the state news was paying and working at the Lansing State Journal, which as you know, Sherrod being in Michigan, it's probably the third, fourth biggest paper in the state. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was able to string, uh, grind there, get in early as a sophomore. My boss would throw me writing opportunities, whether it was MSU hockey, whether it was um, basketball, when football and basketball season overlapped and, and guys like Graham and Graham Couch and Joe Rexroad and Chris Solari had to go cover the football. I could cover Michigan State versus Grambling in the, in the first opening games of the season. So took advantage of my opportunities. When I graduated, I got offered a job at the LSJ to cover high school sports. Um, did that for two years. And then I got a call from Craig Custance at The Athletic, said he was looking for a young, creative, up-and-coming writer who who could cover the Pistons as they, as they try to get back to relevance. And he said my name kept coming up. So for me, it was, it was a win-win. Um, I, I've reached my goal of covering the NBA. If the athletic doesn't work out, um, I can, I'm young enough that I can go back and find another job somewhere else. If it works, I'm in the door at 25 or 27, whatever age I was then, or 25. I've been, yeah, I've been here for four years. And um, yeah, it was just a win-win for me. And here we are now. The athletic is even bigger than I envisioned uh, when I started. And yeah, I, I've, I've been covering this team now. This is my fourth season, which is crazy. I was one of the first 50 Detroit was the third or fourth city the athletic started, and I was, I guess, one of the first fifty employees. So I'm, I'll turn twenty nine next week, and I'm, and I'm technically like an OG here. It's crazy, but it's, it's been amazing. Welcome to the OG world, brother. Welcome <laughs> to the world. Okay, uh, not, <laughs> not, oh, corny. You'll be here before you know it. Trust me. Yeah. Uh, 
no, just blink a few thing, times. Exactly. Yeah. Now the thing the thing about James though is that when when he was kind of coming up, you know, and having spent you know ten years in, in Detroit, you know, you we we know uh who's coming up, and we we kind of know a little bit about you before most do. And the thing about you, James, that I've always respected was just the grind, man. I mean, a, a lot of a lot of folks in our business don't understand that when you're covering the NBA, there was a lot of grinding that you had to go through to get there. Uh, and, and, you know, your journey isn't all that different than mine and a lot of folks who've covered the NBA as far as, you know, trying to take advantage of opportunities in college and, and doing everything under the sun. I mean, I covered everything from basketball to blacksmithing. Uh, and, and, you, and you enjoy every damn one of those assignments because you know that this is part of your journey. This is yep. part of your grind. Uh, so I, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I appreciate your journey and I appreciate all that you're doing in the game uh, in Detroit, uh, keeping it, keeping it going. Because, uh, you know, when I left Detroit, I'm like, you know, I don't know how this is going to turn out for, for the folks who are coming after after me. Uh, are they going to get opportunities to really knock things out and, and do great work? And, you know, the, Detroit is just it's, it's a bastion of diversity. When you look at the people on the beat that you're familiar with, I know yep. uh, people in that front office, people in that coaching staff. I mean, Detroit is very different than mm -hmm. most NBA cities in terms of diversity of coverage and things like that. No, and well, first of all, Sherrod, I want to say thank you, and you're one of those people. For, we haven't really had an opportunity to spend a lot of time together in person. Uh, we've obviously met, but we have a lot of mutual friends, and mm -hmm. um, you were somebody I read a lot growing up and somebody I have great respect for, so to hear that, I, I really appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, Detroit's different, man. Uh, we're the only – I know for sure in the NBA – I'm trying to think about NFL, but I think – I know for sure in the NBA we're the only all-black beat crew. Me – Rod Beard from the Detroit News, Omari Sankofa from the Free Press. We're the three that travel. And then Lauren Williams, who I know you guys know well. She's um, the reason why you're here, by the way. I got to give her a shout out. Is she, she? Oh, yeah. She told me. She, yeah, I, I know you guys talked a while ago and it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> now, now, now we're here. So I know I she's, to, this. I her <laughs> no, she, she's great. She's super nice, super sweet. Um, yep. But she covers the team as well for MLive. Um, and then, yeah, it's it, all black or black GM, black coach. I think there is a little bit of, especially for Dwayne Casey coming from Toronto. Um, he's a guy who I think he, he was, I don't know if excited is the right word, but he was very open and I think eager to have a relationship with us because it, we're just, it's a little different situation than, than Toronto aside from just the, the, the diversity or whatever it is, but that's a place that had a whole country. He like, he was carrying a whole country on its back and that's a lot of weight. Um, that's that's a lot of kind of it's a lot to live up to, especially every single day when you have reporters coming in from all over Detroit. It's they care about their basketball and they know what good basketball looks like. So, like, you can't fool them, as you see with kind of the attendance, like people people know what good basketball looks like. But he knows also that we know the game, that we know what good basketball looks like, that we can relate to him and, and his journey, even though we haven't directly gone through it, but we've gone through it in, in our own right. So. I love Detroit and I didn't spend a lot of time here as a kid. Like I said, I'm from Flint. Um, but it's a place that I, I, I really like, I mean, I call home. I mean, you see, I got the Detroit hat on like this is, yeah. Like I love it here. It's it's, there's no place like it. Um, it's super diverse. It has its own culture. There's just, people always talk about, ah, are you from Detroit? Like, are, are you scared? It's like, and then people come here and they realize like, this is a really cool place. Like you have, to, I recommend to people listening, if you've never been to Detroit, just spend a weekend in the summer. Um, I, I think you'll walk away 
pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I, you, you talked to the choir about Detroit because I, I love the D. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I love all the cities around it because they, they all have a certain amount of character to them mm -hmm. that distinguishes them from other places. I mean, Flint, uh, I love the, the just the grind of people I know from Flint. Saginaw, same way. Yep. Uh, yeah, punks don't come out of Saginaw. Punks don't come <laughs> no. out of Flint. They 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 grind. They 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 gritty people. So I, I and I love that. I love that man. Absolutely. One of the best chicken wings I've ever had were in Detroit. So I'm still looking to get Sweet back. Waters. Now see, Kwani, <laughs> it always water? comes back to food with you. Kwani. I can't remember the name of the place, but I know exactly how to get there from the convention center. Like, was it was it? Do you, would you know if was it across the street from St. Andrews? Like the eight miles? Uh, did anybody point that out to you? No, we okay, were there so, for NABJ, so we didn't get like a formal. You so know, I think you're talking about Sweetwaters, if I had to okay. guess. It, yeah, now I know when I get back there. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Well, uh, hopefully the world's opened up. Maybe we could catch a show at 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 the shelter. It's called St. Andrews, but in the movie okay. they call it the shelter. Yeah, no, that that Sweetwaters is the real deal. And some good spots in Southfield, which I I spent yes. quite a bit of time in Southfield. Not gonna lie. Yeah, that's um, a great place. So thank Making you. Making so me all much. misty. <laughs> right. He you know you can come back whenever, Sharad. Yeah, he, he still has he still has tabs open around the city. Mm -hmm. <laughs> James Edwards the third, thank you so much for joining us. Happy early birthday. Thank you. The A List podcast, and thanks for showing up today. Appreciate you guys having me. It's an honor to be on this show, and now I'm looking forward to to what's next. So thank you guys again, and it's good to. Good to catch up and good to meet you, Kwani, and, and good to catch up with you, Sharad. James Edwards III. Good stuff. Lots of good stuff there, Kwani. Yes. Um, I was, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, and it, it kind of got off the rails a little bit with the food talk, but that's okay because Detroit low-key is, is one of those low-key sleeper cities when it comes to good eats. So I, I'm not mad at you about asking about that, talking about that. <laughs> but what I do want to talk to you about, Kwani, yes. is uh, just – you know, some of the things that, that James talked about, you know, uh, what, what jumped out to you about just, you know, his conversation, particularly about the Pistons and the Celtics and some of the talks that they've you know had, you know, as we get up to the trade deadline. He made a really good point. We talked about Jeremy Grant and the possibilities and the, the rumors of him eventually or possibly going to the Celtics. But he mentioned a really good point. If you didn't check out his piece that he did on Jeremy Grant earlier this year, it was really good. And it did specifically say why Jeremy wants to stay with the Pistons. So it comes to no surprise that he doesn't see that as a immediate possibility, at least for now. So, I mean, the Celtics just have to look elsewhere for <laughs> that void that they're still looking to fill. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, I never at any point thought that Jeremy Grant was a realistic possibility because the, the amount of collateral and assets that Danny Ainge would have had to call together in order to make Detroit want to move on from, to be candid, their best player. Yeah, it just didn't really, it didn't really make a lot of sense to me. But again, I, I give Danny Ainge credit. I mean, listen, closed mouth don't get fed. Uh, Danny will ask for anything and everything if he thinks it's something that's going to help the Celtics. So I, I get that and I respect that. But I, I just can't envision Jeremy Grant anywhere other than Detroit this season because of where they are, because his contract, I think, is really, when you look at his production, uh, 20 million for a guy that's giving them what he is. That's pretty good production. Uh, the fact that he's relatively young. And again, as you pointed out, Kwani, the, the piece that James Edwards III did uh, kind of detailing some of the, the reasons beyond the money right. that uh, that made you know Jeremy want to be in Detroit. It, it just doesn't make a ton of sense for uh, 
for them to even seriously contemplate moving him unless team is willing to give them like, you know, like if you're talking Jason Tatum, we got a conversation. Uh, but that there's no way in hell that Danny would, would have that type of conversation for Jeremy Grant as much as he likes Jeremy. So yeah, definitely not happening. Yeah. So we, we know what the what the Pistons are probably gonna do with, with, with Jeremy and we got a pretty good idea what Danny wants to do mm-hmm. with the Celtics. But what I want to know is what is Kwani Lunas doing oh. now? What do we got coming up on, on NBC ten, Kwani? Well, you know, ten questions with NBC ten is still rolling. I don't know if I told you, but it actually a segment of it was put in the hub today as one of our midday shows on NBC Ten Boston. So now you can catch your girl on TV. It's everywhere. So wait a minute. So so is this is this like the Kwani Lunas expansion? Is that what yeah. is that we talking about? It's taking over NBC Ten Boston. Oh, okay. <laughs> Buckle up, Kwani about to take over the land. Oh Just lord. We're also oh, gonna lord. have a podcast, so if you can't watch the Ten Questions series, you can listen to it on your favorite podcasting app coming soon, but I'll have more details when that actually drops. But what have you been up to? What do you have on coming down the pipeline? Oh, let's see. <laughs> Got a couple things coming with Bleacher Report. Actually, they should be coming out within the next day or so. Uh, looking at just you know a handful of teams and the one move that they could make that would, put, would catapult them into being a title contender. The Celtics are one of the teams that, uh, just in talking with a, dump, a bunch of league executives over the past week or so, that identified the move that the Celtics could make that could potentially catapult them into that, that upper tier of title contenders. And when you're talking about title contenders, we're talking about the, the Lakers, obviously, the Utah Jazz, the way they're playing, the Sixers and what they've, they've been able to do so far this year. Uh, and, and again, that, that should be coming out in another day or so. Uh, also, I'll have something on Boston Sports Journal, uh, just kind of really looking at the Celtics coming out of the break and just some of the issues that they will be uh, looking to address and improve upon uh, as they try to just frankly build off the momentum that they had going into the break. Uh, and so, you know, that's kind of what I got coming. And, and obviously, uh, you know, in that framework, um, just trying to trying to keep it going, keep it going just the way our good friends at betonline.ag keep us going. Right, Kwani? Absolutely, yes. Definitely make sure that you give them some love online, betonline.ag. Make sure you subscribe, like it, share it with a friend. It's Women's History Month, so in honor of me being a woman, share it with someone (laughs) (laughs) and and give us a review. Also, Sean, do you have a code as well, a discount code that, oh, or our discount code is CLNS50 for right. Bet online AG, but you also have a code, I think. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, if you're if you're uh, up for Boston Sports Journal, there is a discount code, and it's real simple. It's Sherrod S H E R R O D. Keep it nice and simple. Uh, definitely, you'll get a discount on your subscription if you use that promo code. Uh, and, and again, it's it's a lot of good stuff. My, myself, John Corrales, are you know we're tag teaming the Celtics thing, and him and I got a lot of skin in the game, so we've got a lot of you know good content coming down the pipeline. So definitely check that out. Uh, exclusive content that you will not find anywhere else, uh, Boston Sports Journal. And that being said, this was a good show, Kwani. I had had fun. Yeah. Despite the drama that I had before that I forgot to tell the people about, but I'm here. (laughs) You're here. You're here. You are definitely here. And we are gone. (laughs) right now we're actually out from this so uh, again uh a-list podcast on all your podcasting apps and uh just check us out five-star reviews quantity alluded to earlier ashrod blakely quantity a lunas this is the a-list podcast and we 
are out.